there's a lot of y'all who voted Democrat, who had uh, issues with Trump. Not even that you even know why you had your issues, just the media pushed it. And so you guys hated him. All right, it's all good. But at some point, many of y'all have changed your mind. And you now support Trump, but you're doing it on the sneak. Come on, y'all. Let's own up to it so that we can all support this man together. The hood is waking up. <laughs> and what I mean by that is the uh, lower income blacks that the um, Democratic establishment has been holding on to, even they're starting to see through the bull crap. They're starting to even realize that they've been lied to, that they've been pimped out. Um, and a lot of them are not afraid to speak out anymore. <clears throat> um, this is a problem for the Democrats. These, these, these so-called blacks nowadays, we rocking with Trump, man. Even the youth, they know what time it is, man. You know what I'm saying? We ain't gotta have no back and forth debates, no arguments, no none of that. We know who we rocking out with. Listen to this. I ain't never voted a day in my life. Never. I know who I'm rocking with. And uh, my first vote ever, ever, I'm, I'm, I'm sent to the man, man. The way they fucking with this man, and, and, and just just a whole little demonstration that's that's taking place, man. Y'all know what time it is. Y'all know who we rocking with, man. The man, the, ain't nobody done shit more than the man for us in, in all this time. So I mean, hey, let's rock out. We rocking out. Trump 2024, man. That's our president, man. Free the Trump. I was scrolling on Instagram and I seen blacks for Trump, and I was like, what? What? We finally on board with Trump? Finally? And I don't know. It was a proud moment for me because to see us come together collectively again. Got to free Trump. Stop playing. We need our president out of jail because let's be honest. Let's be honest. We made more money underneath Trump than any other presidency ever. And I don't give a damn who this offends. But if that nigga Trump get convicted of this crime and he can still run for president, I'm voting for his ass. I'm voting for that nigga. I'm voting for him. If that nigga gets convicted and he can still run for president, just to see what the fuck he do Cause that nigga funny now Trump is funny as hell I'm voting for him I'm telling you right now Okay So just miss me with it Make America great again <laughs> When are you guys gonna learn? The more you indict The more we unite Facts It's Trump 2024 We don't care You heard me? We already made our mind up you already know when the hood got your back. Man, they deep in the hood, gangsters. How about Trump 2024, you heard me? Woo woo, wah, gangsters. The hood got this man back. Nobody being fooled no more. We all the way up, you heard me? It's Trump 2024. That's what it's gonna be, cause we ain't having nothing else. Trump is a brother now, I'm sorry. You go to you go to goddamn you go to jail in Zone Six Atlanta. You a brother? Straight up. They fucked up. Niggas like niggas that went to jail. They believe in that shit. This is this is good. They don't fucked around and booked my boy Trump. Every real nigga gotta go to jail at least once. Every real nigga gotta go to jail at least one time in his life. They don't fuck around, dude. They don't fuck around, they gonna find out, dude. Cause how the fuck you gonna lock up Trump? And that nigga win 2024 election, you think that nigga ain't gonna double back? 
You think he ain't gonna spin the block? Man, y'all got life fucked up. You think Trump ain't gonna spin the block? But y'all don't fuck around. This nigga playing chess, I'm playing checker. We fucking with Trump. We need him back. We need him back. Biden ain't do shit for us. Fuck you, Biden. I'm a proud American. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. In the time of censorship, non-compliance is key. From an undisclosed location in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Welcome, folks, to this Thanksgiving special. Happy Thanksgiving to you. What a great day to be alive, isn't it? Watching all these major institutions, major media outlets, everybody cannot stop the train that is coming in the American spirit that's igniting all over the world. These guys are absolutely terrified. They are no longer in control of the narrative. And the narrative is the exact battle we all need to be fighting right now. And that's why as we sit around at this Thanksgiving table and we talk and we all know we have those family members and people that are going to start talking about politics. What a great opportunity to let them know all of the good things that are coming and the whole narrative is falling apart on every account. Whichever side of the fence that you're on, the main media narrative is falling apart. It's collapsing. These corporations cannot Stop what the American spirit is doing. Let me give you an example with Bud Light. They are down billions and billions and billions of dollars. More than likely, none of you are drinking Bud Light around the table. But before we move on to the next clip I want to play, and this is going to be a really short show, uh, but I just want to give thanks to all of you, all of my listeners, and all the supporters at Noncompliant America. You guys are the remnant. You guys are the believers in the American spirit and the American system. It takes a radicalized stance to really push and have true leadership. Even if nobody's around you, even if nobody agrees with you, just know you are on the right side of history and the Calvary is coming. People are waking up so quickly and so heavily now that it's only a matter of time until we do see real victory. Even in the heart of the lion's den in the state of Oregon, in this captured state that we're in by communists, they cannot compete with the American system and the American spirit. And true capitalism cannot compete with communism, which is why they have to censor and deplatform and debunk and arrest opposition. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It is happening. Oh, yes. We will see that. It will get worse before it gets better. But just know there's nothing that they can do at this point. The cat's out of the bag. People understand it. People see it. They're seeing it. It only takes a small percentage, but it's a large percentage now of people that get it. Which is why this Argentinian president is having such a giant wave effect and i'm going to play a short clip from him as well and what the real what the real play needs to be on our front how we need to operate you cannot 
negotiate with terrorists. You can't negotiate with Democrats because they are terrorists. You can't negotiate with these people. We have to just completely uproot them. Uproot them out of everything. Because any, any little inch that we give them, they will take a mile, they will manipulate, they will deceive, and do anything that they can to mislead the public. Fortunately, it's not working anymore. The public is not falling into this garbage. I'm going to play one more video. This goes in with the video, um, the interview I had with Thielman. Some of you heard it last week or the week before. But this goes directly with that video because it shows that these guys are scared. They're losing power. So what's their, what's their choice? What are they going to do now? They need to start arresting their opposition. The smear campaigns aren't working. They're essentially a badge of honor for anybody that questions the election, questions the vaccine, questions anything, or has any type of dissenting view. Anybody says that, hey, Israel's committing genocide, you know, oh my gosh, you're an anti-Semite. You need to be arrested. You need to be this. You need to be that. When they could potentially be doing that. So it's a, it's a war on logic. It's a war on our minds. And it's a war through the court of public opinion. But I will say, I'm thankful for the fact that we're winning. I'm thankful for all of you guys that are listening right now. Very important. It's very important you spread this message. You give it to anybody and everybody that you can and understand it is us that are in the battlefield, in the battle space. It's all of us that are now participants. There's no more sidelines. But I'm going to play this short little clip about U.S. Marshals and what they're doing for the day of travel today on Thanksgiving what's actually happening with them right now. Take a listen. Well, how many uh, air marshals are on planes right now? And how many do you think uh, there should be to get to a safe level? Well, Carly, we're not we're not flying right now. The only missions that we're doing are Quiet Skies missions, and those are missions that are following the January 2021 people. So we're either on the border uh, for illegal immigrants or we're following folks from January 2021. We're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now on uh, most flights, you're not going to have air marshals. What do you mean by that? You're following January 2021 people. What does that mean? That means our primary mission is a little group called Quiet Skies. It's a mission called Quiet Skies that we're following people that flew into the national capital region in January 2021. You did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally, and you've been put on a specific list that TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had uh, any type of criminal investigation. They haven't committed a crime, but yet three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out. So you're saying that air marshals are now following people that were at the Capitol uh, on January 6th, and they're not tracking terrorists at all? Well, they didn't even have to be at the Capitol, Carly. They could have just flown into the National Capital region. So if anybody was there for uh, a job interview, to visit family, we even had a gentleman that was there for a funeral. They put it, put on this domestic terrorist list just because of their geographic location to Washington, D.C. So these people did not even commit a crime. They weren't even at the Capitol. What? Do those people know that they're on this list? 
Some of them do because when they go to the airport, they get the quadises on their boarding pass, and then they have to go through enhanced security. Then they're followed by teams of air marshals on, on any leg of flight that they have. So, yes, a lot of them do know that they're being followed, yet they haven't been vetted and they have not committed a crime. And three years later, we're still doing the same duty, and we followed the same people over and over for three years who are no threat to this country. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so if you are an average passenger on a plane, how concerned should you realistically be? I think I think you should be very concerned when you're boarding the aircraft. You need to look around to see who you might be able to to ask to help you like a good Samaritan. All right, that's enough of that. But we see the tea leaves. They're not giving up on this January 6th thing, even though they've lost the narrative, even though that the tapes have all been released, they should all be finished, released here in the next week or so. But there you have it. They still have an active agency, the U.S. Marshals, instead of doing their job and actually aiding in aiding uh, uh, flight security, they're now still following around these January 6 people and people that were in Washington, D.C. And you heard them, whether they were at the Capitol or not, whether they were at the Donald Trump rally or not, these people are still getting followed around. Now, listen. If you're listening to this right now, and if you have had this experience with any of these air marshals harassing you, the U.S. marshals harassing you when you're trying to fly, trying to go see your family, trying to enjoy your Thanksgiving, if that's happened, please reach out to me. I would love to talk to you. I want to hear your story. I want to know what they did, what their tactics are, and what they're doing to you to affect your travel. More importantly... If you've been able to follow up with them to see how you get on the list, how you got on the list, how you get off the list, and all of that. These are secret lists. They've been going on for years. This was the beginning of the Department of Homeland Security exerting your rights with the Patriot Act. This was the beginning of all of that. But now, we're now seeing it come to fruition, and they're using January 6th, which was a basically guided tour of the Capitol with a bunch of great American patriots li living and walking within the velvet ropes. They were now led in by the Capitol Police. That's all on record. There was FBI informants on record. They couldn't distinguish how many. Some say a thousand, some say 1,500. They knew this was going to happen. The National Guard stood down. We have it all on evidence. Nancy Pelosi was waiting for it. She knew that this was going to happen, anticipated. You can see her a little documentary that she made where they admit it. But it's falling apart, folks. And that's great news. That is awesome news. We got Mike Johnson in the house so far. He's doing what Kevin McCarthy couldn't do, which is great. And it's great that we're able to see it. Go on there. Go look at these file dumps and just sift through the data. Post it online. Get active. See what actually happened. Don't let the news tell you otherwise. It was not some crazy knockout, drag out insurrection. They're calling it an insurrection because that's giving them the wartime powers to do things like this in these government agencies to discomfort, arrest, harass, surveil Americans, good Americans that were geotagged on the cell phones. Now, let me just remind you, this is why cell phones have become such a prominent thing, because they're using it nefariously to track, control, and trace you. 
If we don't have a cell phone, if you leave your house today without a cell phone, they can't track, control, and trace you as easily. We are so sucked onto these things from the hip that that's where the danger is. That's the real Trojan horse. This is the real weapon of mass destruction. Weapon of mass information, weapon of mass disinformation is the cell phone. They can't control you if we start rejecting it. That's why I say practice. I would leave your house today without it. Put it down, put it away. Take some time, rediscover humanity, rediscover nature, rediscover your family. Love and enjoy this time. Because this time next year, no matter what, especially with this giant tidal wave of awakening coming, no matter what, it's not going to be calm, peaceful, and butterflies and rainbows. Things are going to get worse before they get better. Okay? Let me tell you some good news, then I'm going to sign off, and I'm going to go uh, enjoy some time with my family, okay? A Brownstone Institute just came out. This is very, very important. And why I'm talking about it, because this is an example of things falling apart. Not only is the January 6th narrative falling apart, but also of all places, of all organizations, of all uh, media outlets, the New York Times has finally admitted to all the harm that was done to the children during the COVID-19 lockdowns, masking, everything, the closures, all of this stuff. The New York Times is now admitting, admitting that there is a massive amount of evidence that the school closures that took 50 million children out of the classrooms from the start of the pandemic may prove to be the most damaging and disruption in history for American educations. The students' progress in math, reading, has pushed them back over two decades and widen the achievement gap that separates the poor and the wealthy children. Think about that statement, folks. Think about that. When I was screaming at the top of my lungs at the Capitol in 2020, stating the damages that it was doing, it doesn't take a scientist. It doesn't take the Brownstone Institute. It doesn't take the New York Times to say that. It's obvious. Kids are growing sponges. They're adopting and sucking everything up. But, they, but the parents now have broken the social contract with their children and basically stated, I will not look out for your best interest. I'm going to put you through misery. I'm going to put you in a box. I'm going to suffocate you. I'm going to force vaccinate you. I'm going to do all of these things despite the efforts that it's my job as your parent to be the wiser one, to be the protector, to protect you. They now broken that social contract with the child to where there are trust issues happening within the child. You don't think that children are like hesitant now on believing their parents? Because their parents essentially were torturing them through all of these things. Willingly, unwillingly, whatever. I don't care. If you let your child go to the school and put a mask on him for eight hours while he suffocated, suffered, was isolated, massive, massive, massive amounts of damage. 
And it's not just through academics. They're using academics on a front because that's kind of the binary, you know, uh, two-dimensional element of that. You don't think that there's emotional damage that's tied to all of this? You don't think there's emotional damage? If If your child, if you put your child in a closet every day and you shove them in there, you told them they can't eat, they can't scream, they can't object, there's nothing that they can do. This is for the good of humanity. Sit down, shut up, put your mask on. Don't make eye contact. Don't smile. Stop breathing. I'm sorry you can't breathe. Do you understand the damage for day in and day out, especially if you went to public schools, especially if your child went to public schools? The damage that has been done to them has already happened. You can't reverse it but you can repent you can do better because it's our job as parents to look out for our kids despite what other people say despite what the agencies say despite anything it's our job you chose to have kids you chose not to wrap it up you chose all of these things it's now your bed now you have to live in it It is your moral obligation to your children to sacrifice for them. You now live for them. They need to have a life. They need to have an opportunity. And they have hardships ahead of them. But it's our job to mitigate those hardships despite where the attacks are coming from. They can come from all over. They can come from the court systems. They can come from CPS. They can come from DHS. They can come from law enforcement. They can come from family members. They can come from anywhere. But if it's your job to have the discernment and the ability to navigate between all these illogical, unhealthy situations that they're putting the kids through and to be a saving grace for them, and to be a beacon of hope and a beacon of light and educate them on what's happening around you. And just because nobody agrees and just because everybody says you're evil, I get told all the time with things that I do with my kids on how evil I am and that I'm hurting my kids and I'm harming my kids. For example, I've been, I've been, I've been gone through the ringer for taking my kids to work with me. I take my children to work with me and I'm getting institutions called stating that I'm neglecting my kids because they get to ride around with me in the work van and learn cool stuff and have fun and hang out with their dad. How many of you went to work with your dad when you were kids? I did. Is that child neglect now? And it's child neglect because I don't work in some office somewhere because I'm actually out in the trades and like teaching my kids real things in the world, teaching them real responsibility, showing them you don't have to like work behind a cubicle to have a job. You can make money doing this. I think those are extremely valuable lessons. And it's not up to the education systems entirely. This is one of the failures. But this is, there's also a great element to this. This is what has awoken all the moms that have been in the uproar, fighting back against the schools, getting elected in the school boards and everything else. There's, a, there's, a, there's kind of a, 
a double-edged sword to this in the sense that it's woken a lot of people up, but it's also expressed the importance and the failures of the education system in its entirety. The education system is not your child's parent. It is not the uh, obligation of the school to teach your child everything that they need to know about life. It's your job as the parent. And if you're getting off work, you're going home, you're turning on the TV, you're eating dinner, you're giving your child an iPad, you're losing. You're losing that child completely to a system that wants to induct your child into this digital space and disconnect them from reality to where they don't know what real love is. They don't know that their parents care about them. They don't ever talk to their parents. But that education system, which is corrupt and dysfunctional and teaching transgenderism and how to be a puppy and how to be a cat and all these furries walking around with litter boxes in the classrooms and all this garbage, that's what's going to be teaching your child if you can't counter that. But more importantly, the little time that you do have in the evening with your children, read to them, talk to them, have them do stuff together, work on projects together, get them involved with your life. You are the ultimate educator. I don't care if you have a college degree. I don't care if you have a school diploma. I don't care if you've dropped out of high school when you were in eighth grade. That doesn't matter. That doesn't determine you. That doesn't determine your education level, despite what all the liberalism and garbage that's been funneled down your throats stating that you're not worthy if you don't have a college education. Look at what the college educations are doing now to people. They're socially inoculating them and handicapping these kids. Once they get out of college, they don't know anything about life. They were told, hey, I'm going to get a $150,000 a year job now. I got a degree. The government paid for it. Yeah, I'm bankrupt. Yeah, I don't have any money. I have no skills. I have no people skills. I'm always looking for a handout. Because I've been getting a handout for 13 years of my life. If you do that, eventually, they're not, these people aren't going to know how to help themselves. So they're having a hard reality, which is then pushing them right into the hands of socialism because they don't want to work. They don't want to accomplish anything. They don't want to have any type of real sacrifice because they've never had to. They've been able to squeak and squawk like a little birdie And then the mama bear, a.k.a. the state, a.k.a. the media, a.k.a. the social programs, comes by and puts a little worm in their mouth, and then they're good. They've never had to work for anything. So they have these social degenerates that have gone through college, that have all these worthless degrees. They can't find a job because they have no skills. They don't know what it's like to work. They need to take a break every two hours for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. They need their safe spaces and safe words and safe programs and, and, and protocols. And they can't go up a ladder more than three steps because they might fall off and it'd be, it'd be unreal because they have no balance. They have no anything. So they have no skills. So don't tell me that a college education is the end-all be-all. It doesn't mean anything anymore. It doesn't mean anything. The social institutions have destroyed most of these college programs. Now you're getting a massive decline in kids getting into the trades, 
getting into things that actually matter. If you fix light bulbs and you can build a house and you do all of these things, you have value. People want that. People need that. South Park just did an episode on Paramount Plus. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's phenomenal. It's hilarious, just as it always is. But the, but the social connections that they make, there's these handymen because nobody knows how to do anything. They all have these college degrees and everything else. And these handymen are like turning into billionaires and charging whatever they want because these people don't know how to fix a hose in their dishwasher or, you know, change a light bulb or shear a wall or, you know, put a window in or fix a window or all of these things that are practical, which everybody used to know, which everybody used to do. You know, prior to the education system even getting started, and I know I'm going on a tangent, but whatever. Whatever. Prior to the education system in the school system, in the early 1900s, the 1800s, kids only went to school on Sundays. That's why they call it Sunday school. The rest of the time, they taught and studied at home with their parents. They had structure. They had family. They had family time. And they learned from their grandparents and their parents and their aunts and their uncles and the villages and the people around them. That's where they learned things. And they, be, they be, essentially became self-starters. They indulged in books themselves. They wanted to learn. It wasn't getting shoved down their throat. Naturally, as human beings, we want to learn. We want to grow. We want to achieve. We want to invent yeah, I was having a conversation with my friends the other day. I'm like, hey, think of like the early 1900s. If you go back and you could see all those early videos, right? And all this crazy stuff that these people were inventing, like little bicycles with propellers on top where people could fly with mechanical repulsion. They didn't have rockets. They didn't have engines or anything else. And this guy had a gyro essentially and was flying on a bicycle. Dude, what a crazy invention. All of these inventors, all of these crazy things you can see. I'll see if I can post a, a, a video of it. But it's just fascinating. So television and technology and all of these things, yes, it should make us smarter. Yes, the average millennial thinks that they're smarter than a boomer. And in some cases, they are. In other cases, they're dumber. The Gen Zers think that they're smarter than the millennials and they got the world figured out. When most Gen Zers that I meet are low energy, no motivation, they sit on their phone all day, they think they got the world figured out, they sit back and make their, their Gen Z parents, you know, or Gen X parents, you know, do all the work for them. I even... Uh, over the summer, I saw this kid. He was probably 12 years old. And I don't know if that makes him a Gen Z or not. 12 years old. 12 years old. We're out on the boat, hanging out. And he's like, Mom, Mom, put my shoes on for me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on? Put my shoes on for me, Mom. And it's like, oh my gosh. These parents are missing the boat. We're all missing the boat. Think of what was going on when our grandparents, my grandparents were 12. They were out in the tree orchard, driving tractors, you know, 
driving to the store, be out working, doing stuff, making money, making moves, you know, doing things that their parents wanted to do, taking care of the farms, taking care of themselves. What a massive, massive, massive shift. But the good thing is, is people are waking up, things are going forward. Anyways, thank you guys very much for listening to my rant today. I want to say thank you and God bless you. And may we bless this day and bless your family. And just some interesting things to think about. We will see you uh, this Saturday. I'll be broadcasting on the show. I want to be migrating my radio show to live. So I want to start doing call-ins. I want to hear from you. I want to have you guys call in. But again, thank you guys very much for listening. I'm Joshua Michael, Non-Compliant America. And I hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. And please, 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 please try to disconnect and enjoy your family and enjoy your time. Thank you.